welcome everyone um, from the Booster Network and welcome Jess Mann. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Thank you, Marley. Um, so just to get started, I'll introduce myself. My name is Marley. I am Booster's uh, VP of our education portfolio this year, um, which is very exciting. It's sort of a new portfolio and I'm just so excited to talk to you um, today as um, VP of Education. This is super, super exciting for me. So why don't we start by you telling us a bit about yourself? Absolutely, Marley. I'm just so thrilled to be here chatting. Um, I don't think anything excites me as much as sharing my life story, um, hoping that it touches even one person um, because I know that I've been the benefactor of many, many other women who have come before me. Um, so it's, um, it's a real pleasure to, uh, to have opportunities like this. Um, actually, uh, just about 10 days ago, I retired um, from one of my ventures. So I'm actually right at the beginning of my new adventure called Sequential Balance. Um, but I always like to describe myself as a spiritual being who's having a human experience. So like everybody else on the planet, um, I've come here, there's a reason I'm here. And my particular life story has taken me from being born in the UK uh, as a very small child coming to Canada, a child of immigrant parents, uh, growing up very much, um, you know, kind of winging things, not having a, a too much guidance, but just always keeping my ears and eyes open. And I think that um, if there's one, one of the factors that I can describe about myself is that I've always been a lifelong learner. And I know that I don't know a lot, um, which gives you that beginner's mindset, that curious, you know, what can I learn from other people? So I, you know, completed my education, uh, did an undergraduate in business, started working at the Peel board. And didn't really know where my career was going me, but I just, I was so fortunate to have so many mentors who just kept guiding me this way, that way. And then I realized that I had a real love for um, adult education. So moved over to Scotiabank in the capacity of a facilitator while starting my master's degree uh, part-time. And then just again, right place, right time, ended up in a, um, uh, an acceleration program for future uh, finance leaders, banking leaders, and then enjoyed 15 years at Scotiabank. And then sort of hit a really key point in my life, which was I just had kept going, kept going, kept going with all these opportunities, but had never really stopped to say, what is it that I really want out of my life? Not just out of my career, but out of my life. And I had two small children at the time, and there were just things that were sort of starting to fall apart a little bit. And I'm really fortunate because I always think that was the sign from the universe to say, listen, I'm trying to get your attention. You need to really think about where you're going with your life. So had the good fortune of having an executive coach. And the long story short is I realized I needed to step aside from my career. Um, so difficult decision, but that ultimately led me to uh, run my own small business with my husband. He gave me an opportunity to, to do that in the technology industry. At the same time, I was, I was more available to my kids, to my aging parents, and mostly to my own self, to my own spiritual journey. Um, so I was the chief operating officer of Mantralogics for 12 years, and uh, that was a boutique 
IT ERP consulting firm. And then two years ago, we were um, given an opportunity to merge with a very large Canadian firm, MNP. And both my husband and I merged in as partners and bringing along our entire team. And two years later, I've decided that, again, I need to listen to that voice inside. And I've started a venture focusing on life coaching and executive coaching um, and an opportunity to really um, focus on my yoga um, practice as well. I am a certified yoga teacher, which I did along the way. So um, I just, I think I'm going to be in school for the rest of my life. And I'm so grateful. I'm grateful for this journey. And I'm truly grateful for the connections that I've made, including this one. That's amazing. So much of what you say resonates with me. I really, I appreciate the um, importance of curiosity and learning and listening to what you really want. I think that, I think that's absolutely fantastic. And so inspiring to see you have done so much and there still seems to be so much more um, to be done. That's just so fantastic. Um, so to dive into sort of our first question, um, what difficulties arose for you in the male dominated tech sector and how did you address them or overcome that? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I, I do feel that this um, challenge of being in a male dominated work environment was fairly prevalent throughout my career. It was certainly there in banking. Uh, it's certainly there in technology. And I think a lot of it was specific to um, certain environments. So for example, when I was a chief operating officer of Logics, it was my husband and I who were running the firm. So as the two most senior leaders, we were, we were diverse, right? One man, one woman. And in fact, uh, Women of Influence um, awarded us with um, uh, a recognition for diverse led firms in terms of co-gendered leadership. So there was a period of time there where I almost forgot about it. And then I would talk to people who were back in the corporate sector and I realized that we were just, we were not getting any further ahead. Um, and I see that coming back into a larger company where I'm frequently the only woman in senior leadership meetings. And some of the research that I've done is that it takes at least two women to be at the table for women generally to speak up. And it, it makes me very sad. It makes me very sad that we are still seeing, particularly in technology, a uh, few women, even at the university level in programs, because that's really where the issue starts. And then there are fewer women to recruit and then you get people in the workplace and women um, more so than men exit for reasons that I did, for example, family, et cetera. So the number of women you're left with is very small. And I constantly think about, you know, I'm a mom of two, uh, two women and I constantly think about how do we make sure that environment changes? And I think there has to be some very, um, you know, thought out intentional programs, uh, both at the university level, at the, probably even at the high school level, but certainly in the hiring practices to say, how do we encourage more women to want to um, enter these fields? Because women certainly have the intelligence, the capacity, the skill set, the drive. So none of those things are lacking um, or different. So what are the issues? And I think that, that women want to 
see other people that look like them, sound like them, uh, can relate to them in the workplace to feel like they really belong. And there are times where I can honestly say I didn't feel like I belonged. And, and that, that's really hard um, to, to live with. And so I see women um, just exit because it doesn't feel good. So I, I definitely have seen and felt firsthand the challenges. And I think that you know, having female mentors is, is critical, absolutely critical, because you need to have other people who can understand what you're feeling and encourage you and, and you know, sort of help with supporting that. So whether that's um, at the peer level, uh, whether that's somebody that you report to, it can even be someone who's more junior because of course you continue to learn from people um, of all age groups. So it is, it is definitely quite frustrating to me. Um, and I think that we really have to um, you know, look at, you know, in all the different organizations that I talked about, what are the opportunities for us to be much more proactive about making people, whether women or people who are dealing with other challenges feel like they belong. Yeah, absolutely. I think obviously that is such our mindset and priority at Booster is just facilitating connections so that young women entering the force, like workforce, see people like them and hear people like them. It it really does make all the difference. I, I would agree with that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously you just said so many wonderful things. So this might sort of be a tricky one, but um, if you could impart just one piece of advice for someone hoping to pursue a similar professional path as you, um, what would what would that be? Yeah, it's hard for me to pick one, so <laughs> I will try and distill it. Um, yeah, I think you know when I think back at my life and I think back at my career path, I, I'm beyond grateful. So I'm certainly an example of someone um, who was able to ultimately have it all. And what I mean by ultimately is that there were certain days where my family prior was prioritized. There were certain days where my job was prioritized. There were certain days where my health was prioritized. I think we have to stop telling women, telling people that there is such thing as work-life balance, right? It really does not exist. And I think that the media and well-meaning people have put this expectation out there that you know you can uh, find this elusive thing called balance and feel really good about yourself because you have it. Um, very few people I've ever spoken to, you know, have have ever tasted it. And so all it does is make people feel like there's something wrong with them. I do think that over the course of your lifetime that you can find that balance. So there are times in your life, uh, perhaps where you can make career the priority and not focus so much on other things because they're not there in your life right now. Um, and then there are going to be other times where you know, your family or your health or your community or whatever else you're interested in is going to, to be more of a priority. So I think we have to change our lens and look at things over that period of time because um, you know the things that I was even physically capable of doing you know going on five hours of sleep on a very regular basis in my 20s was no problem 
okay, I can tell you in my 50s, that ain't happening anymore. <laughs> so, you know, you have to look at the, the reality of, of what you're able to do and not feel bad about it, but actually to welcome it and, and say, okay, what's, what's the right thing for me right now? So I think, I think that's one thing. Um, but I think one of the things that really helped me get to where I am and, and do all the things that I got to do was never being overly fixated on what was next. A lot of people that I mentor are, uh, are told by other people that you have to know the exact job you want next and you have to be gunning for it. I do think goal planning is very important and I'm, a, I'm a, certainly a good example of that. But I think having that flexibility to say, you know, what I wanna be doing, like the things I wanna be able to do, the, the experiences that I think would be really good for me, those are things that we should focus on. And then I think we have to have this trust, you know, in the universe that it's going to present it for our, for our highest good, but it may not be called, you know, this title or at this company or at this pay grade, staying open to say, yeah, I know what I ultimately want to do is the following, but when opportunities show up, having enough uh, of a wide lens that you don't miss those opportunities. And sometimes that can happen when we're too fixated on exactly how we think this path should go. Uh, because I really don't think it works that way. I think that um, the universe sort of has a plan and yes, we need to be clear in terms of what we want out of our life and we have to be true to ourselves. And when we are, I think that gets rewarded. Um, but I did not know when I graduated with a Bachelor of Commerce, you know, so many years ago that this is how my career path would go uh, because I never, I didn't know people who had a career path like mine. And I am so grateful for the experiences I've had um, because I couldn't be doing what I am today had I not had that path. Yeah, that's so fantastic. I think that I, I really value what that mindset as well. And I think that like you said, not a lot of it, that's not always the mindset that is projected onto young people. It's sort of like, what's your next plan? What happens after mm -hmm. you graduate this? What is then what, then what? And yeah. I think that it, that you're absolutely right. It should be fine to have an idea in your head of what you want, but sort of, mm -hmm. yeah, let things come and see what opportunities arise. I think that's, that's absolutely so valuable. Yeah, and, and I do think that age should just not matter. You know, I, I, um, I was speaking with a client a few days ago, and what the messages she was getting is, hey, you're in your mid-30s. By now, you should have had two or three jobs. You should be in a relationship. You should, you should, you should. And I think it's just such a disservice because every path should look different. And, and why we're so focused on the way it should be and what you should accomplish by a certain age um, there are some people who will do three kind of um, parallel jobs and then all of a sudden have a massive leap. There will some, be some people who will just keep, you know, incrementally getting a little bit more senior, a little bit more senior, if, if that's what you want. There will be some people who will exit their career path in favor of something else and then return two levels higher. Like I've seen it done, you know, probably in as many ways as there are people out there. And I think we have to get away from uh, making people feel bad if their path doesn't look a certain way. 
Absolutely. I think that's so, so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously this has already come through in so many of your answers, but um, as a life coach and mm-hmm. a certified yoga, yoga instructor, how have these roles influenced your perspective on life and your performance in the workplace specifically? I think uh, when I went through my yoga teacher training, uh, many of the colleagues that I had in my program had no intention of becoming yoga instructors. So they were doing the program so that they could deepen their own yoga practice. And then, you know, at the end of the program, some people did start teaching yoga, some didn't. For me, just the experience of being in that program certainly evolved who I am as a human being. And I did eventually go on to teach yoga, um, mostly because of COVID. So I've been teaching it online and that's worked out beautifully. But the transformation that I saw in myself was that relationship with myself. It was really focusing on what do I think, what do I want, uh, what do, how do I see the world, and really using the yoga practice to stop the noise in my head and be more comfortable with accepting things as they have been and as they are. So rather than worrying about what I had done or hadn't done or how I had done it, it just allowed me to be far more accepting that that's the only way it could have been. You know, at, at every point in my life, I did the best that I could based on what I knew at that time. So that self-acceptance, I think, is so critical because then when you show up, whether it's in your career or in your family or anywhere else, I think the, the frequency, the personal energy that you bring to those situations is, is so much more stable and open and accepting and compassionate. And when you offer those kind of qualities to yourself, only then are you able to offer those qualities to other people. And the the life coaching uh, program was very similar and continues, that journey continues to be one of just accepting other people's perspectives and journeys and feelings and staying in a place of non-judgment. Just simply being that observer and then allowing people the space, I often joke that I'm kind of like um, a journal for people, you know, so some people don't really like to write, but when they speak and they have someone who's able to stay in a place of non-judgment and acceptance, um, it allows them to dig up things that perhaps they hadn't spoken about or haven't gotten off their chest. And people have the ability to heal themselves. So it's not that I'm healing people or that I'm telling people what to do and giving them a space to, to work through that on their own and heal themselves. And um, that's really shown up in the workplace. Um, and some of the feedback that I got as I, as I retired from my team members is they always appreciated that they had space to come to me and talk about what was going on, uh, working through work problems, working through life problems, and knowing that there was just this um, confidential, safe space for them to exist um, and work through, you know, how they were going to deal and tackle with work problems, personal problems, but that's where their growth came from. So I wasn't ever telling them what to do or how to do it uh, because they already know, deep down they already know, but we all need that, uh, that space or that person to go to where we can sound things out And um, I think the other thing that the life coaching process has really taught me is just to how to ask really good questions. 
and uh, that gets people just thinking about the, their, their life and, and what's going on in their brain in, in such different ways. Um, I read a, a stat recently that said that we have about 60,000 thoughts every single day, each one of us. Wow. And 80% of those 60,000 thoughts are exactly the same as the day before. Wow. So we ruminate, right? Over and over and over again. There's very little new things that we think about. And so if we don't get those out of our brain by journaling or talking or some other mechanism, then like we're just, our brain is just full. Right. So asking, having someone ask questions or challenge things or just, just let you say them helps you to kind of sometimes resolve them. Or even say, why am I still thinking about that? Right? Like, let's let's move past that and create space for new learning, new ways of looking at things. Um, so it's it's been an incredible journey because my first rule uh, is always that whatever I learn, I have to I have to apply it to myself. I can't be an authentic life coach um, or friend or mother or anything if I haven't um, had a sip of my own champagne. And so I need to test it on myself and know from my own life experience um, how that impacts me before I can share that with, with anybody else. That's, that's fantastic. I love this, the clear sense of just self-awareness and that you seem to have is so inspiring and I, I'm so enjoying talking to you. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Um, obviously you've spoken to this um already um but our last question here is there anything else you can say um about succeeding in the workplace but also making time for your personal interests and hobbies and and the fun things mm -hmm. yeah it's it's so critical it's um you know, I, I met so many wonderful young people who are so focused on their education and their career. And I am just in awe of the, particularly the women that I see, um, you know, in my life, uh, like yourself. And, and I think that people like you are, I joke at my half-life, like the things that you're figuring out in your 20s are some of the things I figured out in my 40s and 50s. So that gives me so much hope about this planet. Uh, because these kind of conversations that we're having, even things I see on Instagram and, and, and where people are at in terms of their mindset is just so fantastic. And I think that it's really important for people to remember that, you know, life, life is a game. It is meant to be played. So um, not to take things too seriously. Yes, absolutely. You know, work hard, show up uh, the way that you feel you could show up as your best. But to almost think of life as a little bit of a think about the workplace and your career as a little bit of a game there are some rules um, there are ways to quote unquote win you know win meaning get the certain job you want and you know learn how to network learn how to you know interact with other people in a way that gets you what you want it's it's not that difficult but in doing that don't lose yourself you know, you've been put on the planet for a reason. And I think the greatest gift is really investigating and staying curious about what is that reason? What is your special offering to this planet? And I 
believe in my heart of hearts that everybody has a very unique special offering. And it's sad to me when that gets pushed down from a priority perspective, because guess what? Not only do you lose out, but so does the rest of the planet. We don't get to see that you know, offering that you have. And I think to really discover that offering, it requires a diversity in terms of your life. So move your body, watch your breath, interact with people, work, work hard, <clears throat> grow your brain, grow your knowledge, be curious, but making space for things that grab your heart. Um, only a couple of years ago, I realized that all my life I'd been a closet environmentalist. You know, can you imagine like at 50 waking up and realizing like this really gets me going when when people aren't, you know, recycling properly. <laughs> and and it took me a while to say that's not weird. That's not unimportant. Um, but I had this whole story in my mind that that's not what someone like me should be spending their time doing. And what would people think? And I don't know. I don't know why. Um, I kind of push that away, but stepping into your own light and saying, yeah, I've always wanted to try rollerblading. I've always wanted to go um, and fly a kite at the beach. Uh, and I may never do it again, but, you know, don't leave any stone unturned because if it's calling to you, especially those things that keep showing up, right? Don't push them away. Um, it's really important to find that balance. And don't feel guilty about it, because I think particularly as women, that's something that we really struggle with. And I remember in my 30s, you know, hearing from another uh, really remarkable woman that guilt is one of those emotions, one of those few emotions that we impose upon ourselves. If you think about when we feel guilty, so you either have to change your actions. So if you think going to the spa for a, a day to relax and enjoy, if you think that that is wrong, then, then don't go to the spa. Or think about it in a different way that when you go and you look after yourself, it means you show up so much better for everyone else. Right. So you either change your mindset or you change your behavior, but we gotta get rid of the guilt because it does not serve anybody. So I think that, um, I think of it like a bank account uh, and you may have heard this analogy before, but I, I think it's very effective that if you don't deposit something into the bank account in terms of self-care, in terms of doing the things that really, you know, uh, make you feel at your best, then there's nothing to withdraw and there's no interest to be earned. So you've got to put stuff in so that when you are needed, there's something to withdraw. Great. Yeah, I think that's, that's such a good analogy. And, and just when you, when you phrase it like that, it seems so simple. It seems, <laughs> like, of course, that makes sense. You know? Yeah, yeah. We like to complicate things. And what I've learned from a neuroscientific perspective in my program is, uh, yeah, the brain, the brain's a very interesting, uh, brilliant uh, part of our uh, anatomy, but um, it, it likes to take the most efficient paths to everything so it likes to find patterns it likes to do things a certain way um, it's just it's the reason we've been so successful as a human race is that we just we're all about efficiency and 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 fastest path to resolution and I think sometimes we just have to stop 
and interrupt that process and um, realize that efficiency, efficiency is not always what's gonna give us the richest life. Great. Well, that is absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much um, for again, taking the time um, on this Friday morning to speak with me. I'm, I'm sure everyone is gonna be so thrilled to hear what you have to say. And Thank you so much, Marley. This has been, it's just, it's so fun. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to interact with uh, people like yourself who are really making a difference um, to yourself, to your community, and for women everywhere. Um, I applaud this initiative greatly and wish you nothing but success. Thank you so much.